time for the October 26th, 2012 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, an interpretive guide to current events broadcasting from the Santa Ana Wind Condition Campus of the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. You know, I, I got Mahler, who's out there. I don't know if you notice he's got a sweater on. Oh, I don't no, know if it's the right day. It was getting cold last week. Yeah. That's right. Well, I think he's, yeah, he's angry. He's trying to rip it off. He's trying to rip that sweater off, aren't you, Mahler? Huh? He's... Are you ripping it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look nice in that sweater. You look nice. You really do. Yeah, yeah. You want me to take it off? Huh? Yeah, okay. Here we go. Take it. Yeah. You can take oh, it. yeah. Up your ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, so very okay. good. Yeah, nice. Go out and play. Hey, yeah, there you out go. Play. Well, I think. What is he whimpering out for? Good well, God. Yeah, well, I, th- I. I got the sweater off. I know, but I think he was a little upset that you chose to get him a, a Hello Kitty sweater, and that kind of upset him. He looked cute in it. He does look cute in it, but I think, you know, he'd much rather have something a little more masculine than. You know, his friends were masculine. really, yeah, then Hello Kitty. That just doesn't seem like a, uh, a kind of thing you would want to do. Oh, to don't your... throw hate on our <laughs> on our gay friends. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. It's a key demographic. You know, we'll be talking about kitties. Okay. Maybe even the uh, Motor City kitties later on in the broadcast. Oh, okay. But right. probably not. Wherever they are. The Detroit Tigers. Oh, yeah, the oh losers, my, as the we loser, like to call yes. them here in that's pro right. San Francisco land, Motor City in Kitties. California. Yeah, yes, yes, that's right. In a verdict that sent shockwaves through the scientific community, an Italian court convicted seven experts of manslaughter for failing to adequately warn residents of the risk before an earthquake struck central Italy in 2009. Wow. Killing more than 300 people. Yeah, it was the earthquake. So they, so, yeah. so they convicted. It was manslaughter charges for seven experts. The defendants, all prominent scientists or geological and disaster, ex, disaster experts, were sentenced to six years in prison. Huh. Earthquake experts worldwide decried the trial as ridiculous, contending there's no way of knowing that a flurry of tremors would lead to a deadly quake. In Italy, convictions are aren't definitive until after at least one appeal. Right. So this isn't going to necessarily stand. Wow. But nevertheless, uh, all it says in the article was that they're unlikely uh, any of the defendants will face jail time immediately. Wow. uh, So it's it's six years in prison for not saying that there may be an earthquake in Italy. So is is the upshot of this that every day somebody in Italy will be saying that there's an earthquake that's on the way and to be to be ready for it is says that would seem to be inoculating Inocul- yourself yeah, I would against the charge. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and tell the whole world that there is going to be an earthquake. Uh-huh. Then what do you, do you get a prize? If you get fact, punished for not warning. In fact, I'm going to I'm go on on a limb right now. I'm going yeah. to say that there will be an earthquake in California. So everyone be ready. Yeah. So so there. So don't arrest me. Well, now that's an interesting thing. I mean, is that is is that a uh, an a door opening to a to uh, prosecute scientists for information that they don't report? They don't report, or I mean, could you say well, that? Well, Italy about, apparently. It yeah, is. I'm just interested. I mean, does that mean that we should be 
climate scientists should they be? Well, yeah. they're but they are climatologists. Climatologists are sounding an alarm. Wind wrong. Could if you, they don't warn, warn us about the wind. Could you flip the other way and, and arrest climate scientists, so-called, that are denying that climate change is occurring? I hope so. Maybe that's That a, would endanger people's lives, would yeah. it not? I mean, if their sea levels are rising and, and all kinds of other... Uh, anyway, yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Greenpeace Dem- claims that Japanese government radiation monitoring stations in the city of Fukushima... You mm-hmm. remember that place? I do, yeah. I do. About 18 months ago when the... Uh, nuclear disaster hit there at the Kai. Anyway, they're saying that the stations are seriously underestimating residual radiation levels and public health risks in and around Fukushima. Greenpeace said that Fukushima residents risked exposure to 13 times the limit uh, for radiation. Wow. 13 times. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it's almost an understandable reaction because if that is to be believed that the radiation levels are still dangerously high. How in the heck can you make the case that Fukushima can be inhabited in the next, what, 20 years, 30 years? What'll, what will it be? Are you, are you going to declare it uninhabitable for the next 100 years? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they do because this is an important part of Japan. And it's a, wow, that's just going to go on and on. Well, apparently they're even cleaning up areas. Uh, they're spending more time on areas that have already been cleaned than they are in some of the more radio eighty-five <laughs> yes. areas. Radio, radioactive areas. They're active. Yes. The, the radios are very active there, and uh, they need to. Yeah, I'd like uh, honestly. I would, and maybe this is my homework assignment. I would like to see what responsible scientists are estimating the time it will take for that area to be inhabitable again. I'll, I'll take that upon myself. Well, they're inhabiting it now. Well, what you're okay. is risk-free. But yeah, what is the actual That is nowhere in the world to be risk-free. We're probably radiated right now. Well, we're not too far from uh, a uh, reactor that's been having some issues of late. So, um, I got a that. CAT scan, you know, a couple years ago, so... I've had I I'm yeah, X-rays on my foot. Yeah, I'm probably that's my foot. An X-ray. Yeah, that's not really. Okay. They got those down a little bit now. At okay. least yeah. if you're going to the right places. Yeah, yeah mine was a special uh, kind it, of X-ray. Now. Yeah, mine was uh, right behind. It was part of an uh, one of those um, Jiffy Lubes. Yeah. Right. They part. They now do X-rays uh-huh. at Jiffy Lube, just so in case you need one. Or they had like a Tesla coil there. <laughs> they had a Tesla some coil. Some with goggles <laughs> on right. and a flip switch. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not sure, you know, how good the x-ray was. But, uh, you know. Um, it, always, it always bugs me, you know, you go to the dentist. Yeah. And then they, they put this metal thing on your chest, mm-hmm. shove something in your mouth and leave the room. And you hear this buzz. I know. And you're thinking, Mm-hmm. Uh, not so good. Do you, do you feel just a little tingling when that's going on, or is that yeah, just that's, psychosomatic? That's, that's just me. I yeah. just almost I feel a little tingling all over. All right. Syria? You want to talk about Syria? Yeah, let's go. You tell me. Uh, just more nonsense and insanity. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, well, it's ugly nonsense. Yeah, no, I, and, honestly, that was not the right way to say insanity. that. Yeah, it's brutal insanity. Uh, just that... Uh, uh, we there's talked an, about that car bomb. Uh, I don't know. If yeah, that was in a, Lebanon. A little, yeah, yeah. Well, there's one in Damascus too. Oh, injured 29, killed 13. That was uh, a little bit of while, uh, maybe a week ago. We might have spoke about it last week. Mm-mm. That killed the uh, 13 during a visit by UN peace envoy Lakhdar Barami. 
Bahimi, mm. I'm mm. sorry. No, it's not what I... Okay. Yeah. It's well, just ugly. And then there was the car bomb in uh, Lebanon, which uh, killed uh, the uh, top intelligence official in uh, in Lebanon. Uh, the killing of Brigadier General Wissam al-Hassan uh, prompted calls of Syrian involvement. And God knows whose side the Syrian involvement entails, whether it's the Assad or the anti-Assad forces. Lebanon has been tied very closely to Syria over the last many years, um, and that's part of the Iranian alliance as well. So just awful, and I don't mean to make light of it. I shouldn't have said that, uh, what I said, but um, it is. It's terrible and continues to be so. On our Assange update. Yes. Yes. Ecuador is worried about the health of WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange and has asked Britain to guarantee him safe passage from its London embassy to a hospital if he needs medical treatment. He's grown noticeably thinner, and they're very concerned about his health. And uh, if this is also a matter of human rights, is what's going to happen when he does make this transfer, whether he will be arrested. Right. Just to recall or recount, um, he's holed up in the uh, Ecuadorian um, embassy in Britain. Uh-huh. And that's why they're when they want to do. And they so. want to jail him. In yeah, Britain. they do. Yeah. So, yeah, Julian, and oh, also WikiLeaks, and I, I don't know if you have it in front of you. Release some new information, please. Tell me, I have it. There was a new well, WikiLeaks. You're jumping ahead of yourself here. WikiLeaks released a lot of information. I know that recently, though. Last I week. don't know if anybody has poured over it and really uh, okay. gotten into it. Okay. If you find that, please let me know more. My about bad. It. I know. I just know that they did, and I thought I had that in front of Nearly me. Nearly one third of Americans say they plan to work until they're eighty or into their eighties, just because of the current economic uh, situation. And I mean, do you think that that's also people just don't want to stop working? I mean, if they no. like what they do. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, there might be some of that, but yeah. that's we just love working. One third of America. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's. Most people I know complain about their predicament of employment. Oh, police in Britain apologized for tasering a blind middle-aged man after mistaking his walking stick for a samurai sword. <laughs> okay. French President Francois Hollande mm-hmm. announced a plan to ban homework which he said favors the wealthy. He said an education program is, by definition, a societal program. Work should be done at school rather than at home. Wow. So that means longer hours at school, I guess. I don't know. Well, what would, what would be the—that would be the trade-off. Would that be something that, as a parent, and uh, would, you, would you be in favor of your kid stays an hour or two longer in school and gets all that stuff done, comes home and is able to be yeah, social? Yeah, more. Francois is an idiot. All right. Okay. <laughs> Taiwanese electronics manufacturer Foxconn admitted to employing workers as young as 14 in, uh, in China. So that's, thank thank I mean, you for that, that iPhone. actually a little bit old, I was, thank you, thank for, you. For, for what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. An Orlando man who started having sex with his date on a restaurant table in view of young children and who refused then to pay the bill was arrested on the charge of defrauding the innkeeper. You think there'd be something a little bit heavier than yeah, defrauding I would, the innkeeper. Yeah, I think but, of all the things yeah. that was going on, that would not be the, the charge. Here's something you might want to okay. file away, Mike, in case mm-hmm. you were thinking about working for Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard banned police officers from getting tattoos on their faces and hands. That seems reasonable. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, their hands, I don't know. Well, the hands, their but their face. Maybe they don't want to be ID'd. Or maybe they were putting ugly things on their hands that were, you know, you know yeah. freaking out yeah. people they arrested. Right. Well, that's know? very possible. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ulan Bator took uh, down its last remaining statue of Vladimir Lenin and will auction it at a starting bid of 280 bucks. I'd be buying that. Wouldn't that be great to have in our, you know. In the lobby here? You know. If Chancellor, if you're still listening, yeah. you know, I'm sorry about take the that, thing about the yeah. leaf blowers. Yeah, early take all on, that back uh, in, in the first part of yeah. this show before the news. But nevertheless, why don't we go out and buy the statue of uh, Lenin from Ulan Bator? That'd be great. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. We could put it right there uh, by the uh, bookstore uh-huh. so that everyone driving on campus would see. It's a statue of Lenin. Uh-huh. So it would confirm every right winger's, uh, you know, nightmarish vision. Yeah, why be the anteaters anymore? <laughs> why? why not the communists? Why not be the yeah. Leninists? Yeah, yeah, there you, you go, know, the Leninists. The, the, <laughs> you could play off of John Lennon. You could be a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah, you know? I'd do it. Um, think about it, UCI. They, just think about it. You got 300 bucks. Shipping's going to be a nightmare, though. You yeah. got to figure that's going to cost a few bucks. But Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Hey. UCI buys it. I personally will go over and pick it up for you, Chancellor Drake. Oh, you've heard it, Chancellor Drake. Nathan Callahan, your courier to a a statue of Lenin. A paleoanthropologist determined that prehistoric man ate pandas. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is a little. This news a little softer than I envisioned us doing. Well, yeah. But can I'm I do? Can I? Rolling. Can I? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, the United States and Iran uh, are denying claims that they've reached an agreement in principle for direct one-on-one nuclear talks. Uh, the New York Times reported Sunday that a deal had been struck between U.S. diplomats and top Iranian uh, officials, uh, who are re- uh, reporting to the Ayatollah Khamenei. Um, so this is a big development, if it's true, yeah. that the United States would be, I imagine, um, in serious negotiations with Iran to curtail their nuclear program, which is what has been up Romney and the right wing's ass for a long time here, is as far as the Iranians developing a nuclear weapon. So there you go. And I, I don't know if that's the uh, Obama administration's October surprise here, but— uh, yes. I, you think it might be? Yes. Okay. Watch what happens after the election. Okay. All right. Nothing. Oh, you think that that's just this is just for the next week and a half, and then well, yeah, two probably weeks that's why it's in the news. Okay. All right. I would guess. All right. Maybe over the long term they'll work something out. I don't know. You got any more sad news? I. <laughs> um. Yeah, a couple of things on Israel. You know how I love to talk about Israel. Um, The United States, uh, according to Jimmy Carter, former President Jimmy Carter, who's become sort of the peace emissary uh, for the federal government here of late, uh, is accusing Israeli government of abandoning any effort to reach a peace deal with the Palestinians. Uh, This, uh, he said that the, uh, despite the U.S. uh, backing for a two-state solution, um, the... um, public backing of a two-state solution. The United yeah. States has really never completely committed uh, to uh, really pressing the Israelis on pursuing that, and yeah. he's calling them out, both the Israelis and the United States, on that. And I think that's kind of an important point that needs to be made. So, uh, uh, and um, that's it. That's, that's it? All for, yeah, that's, that's all, all you got? Well, I got a little bit of cat news in oh. case in case Mahler wants to come. He might hear this. He's out there. He's rejoicing after getting his sweater taken oh, off. Oh, oh, oh. Right, you go ahead. Well, this is kind of a big deal. Yeah. 
Cuba's loosened its travel restrictions. I think yeah. we did talk about this last week. I just yeah. didn't re- I just now remember that we may have, which is a big deal. This has been a long time coming in 50 years or so. Uh, by the way, last week we also touched on it, but there's going to be a lot more uh, talk in the next couple of days. 50th anniversary of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Is, uh, this is news? Well, not this is what's news. Are we going to announce Christmas? This is what's news and all that. I, and this is going to take just December a second. December 25th is coming. It's going to take a second to explain. People have a sense that this was as close as we've come to an all-out nuclear war between uh-huh. the United States and, at that time, the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, I don't think people quite understand how close it came. The, the United States imposed a – just real quick. This is a very – the U.S. imposed a naval blockade of Cuba because yeah. the Russians were sending missiles that were being set up inside Cuba yeah. for uh-huh. – in our hemisphere. There was an incident – actually – couple of incidents, but one in particular where one of the Russian um, submarines was bumped by a United States uh, surface ship. Uh-huh. And there was a shot fired by the U.S. ship on the submarine. And there were three Soviet subs in the area. Two of the sub commanders assumed by that attack that the United States had actually declared war on the Soviet Union Uh and were preparing to launch their weapons, nuclear weapons, into the United States. They were armed and ready to go. It was only because of a third naval uh, submarine commander in the area who said no. Yeah, a Russian. A Russian who convinced the other two that, in fact, they they were not under attack. And he had to convince them because they were ready to launch their weapons into the United States. That is about as close as you can get to a nuclear war and not have one. So I just think it's not a lot of public knowledge about this incident, yeah. but it's something I think that we need to kind of keep in mind how close we we have come to actually ending life as we know it in the in the northern hemisphere. And let that be a lesson to children out there that, as a group, humans are stupid. Well, I think you're going to get to that, aren't you? Yeah. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. a cat discovered a 2,000-year-old catacomb in Rome. Mm-hmm. Mito Curti and a friend were following a cat at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is whatever you do there in Rome. Apparently, that's the entertainment. Mm-hmm. When it went toward a rock cliff, the cat managed to get into a grotto, and they uh, found followed the sound of its meowing. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! I shouldn't have said that. You got some attention. Yeah, you got his attention on that one. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, my. He's going crazy now. Get away! He's running. He's running. He thinks he's following the cat now. Inside the small opening in the cliff, the two men found themselves surrounded by niches dug into the rock, similar to those used by the Romans to hold funeral urns. Archaeologists called to the scene said the tomb probably dated from between the 1st century B.C. and 2nd century A.D., Mm-hmm. Well, can you imagine finding something like this in uh, a uh, a two thousand year old catacomb in Irvine? Not necessarily. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. Wow. Heavy rains at the start of the week had probably caused rocks concealing mm-hmm. this uh, the entrance to the tomb to crumble, and so so there was some, the uh, cat found the uh, catacomb. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Nicely done. Nicely done. Well, the kitty. cat found the catacomb. Oh, that's very that's uh-huh. very symmetric there. Uh-huh. You think you'd appreciate that? Yeah, that's very cool. All righty. If you don't mind, I'm going to call Mahler over here again. Yeah. Come here. here he comes. Here he comes. He looks much, much happier now that that sweater's been taken from him. Are you ready for your big starring role now, Mahler? Here we go.
Yeah, <laughs> he's ready. That boy is ready. Tell me how ready you are. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? What is that? Did you say drones? Drones? <laughs> drones in the news? Yeah, mother! Oh, yeah. Go. You're very good, young man. Yeah. He, he That's really, enough. The CIA is urging the White House to approve a significant expansion of the agency's fleet of armed drones. The CIA wants to up the ante here, a move that it would extend this that would extend the spy service's decade-long transformation into a paramilitary force. Really? Uh, wow. Uh, the proposal by CIA director CIA director uh, David Petraeus would bolster the agency's ability to sustain its campaigns of lethal strikes in Pakistan and Yemen and enable it, if directed, to shift aircraft to emerging al-Qaeda threats in North Africa or other places like that. The outcome has broad implications for counterterrorism policy and whether the CIA gradually returns to being an organization focused mainly on gathering intelligence or remains a central player in the targeting killing Targeted killing of terrorism suspects abroad. Well, this is just a sort of an. Is there more to what that's, you're? That's the, it. There's more. Uh, this is a, a kind of a natural extension of the CIA's continued march towards militarization, yeah. becoming more of a military operation, and then, as you just said, as an intelligence gathering operation. And when you when you put General David Petraeus in yeah. charge of the CIA, it's it's a completely understandable. Um, arc to where they're going. So, well, there, there it is. So, <sighs> At least one civilian was killed in Pakistan when a U.S. drone struck the tribal area of North Waziristan, as yes. usual. Two others were also reportedly wounded and possibly killed. Also in Drones in the News, despite clashing on military spending, when asked about, asked about U.S. drone warfare abroad, Mitt Romney said he fully backs the Obama administration's efforts. Mm-hmm. More on that. More on that in a sec. We're going to say, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Also, ties between Britain, the U.S., and Pakistan could be jeopardized if a judge grants a request for a court inquiry into the possible role of U.K. spy agencies in aiding covert, covert, that is, Mm -hmm. CIA drone strikes in Pakistan's northwest tribal region. Noor Khan, a 27-year-old whose father was killed by a drone strike in that area in March of 2011, has asked Britain's high court to examine whether U.K. intelligence officials assisted the action and may be liable to pro- for prosecution. His legal advisors want the judge to determine whether Britain's secret eavesdropping agency, the government communications headquarters, has passed location data to guide CIA drones and whether the U.K. has agreed to a secret policy of assistance. So... They're trying to open that can of worms up, uh, how we're passing information for drone strikes. From back and forth between yep. different agencies. Also, the Obama administration, this is in another story completely different. The Obama administration has secretly developed a new long-term mechanism for monitoring, capturing, and killing suspected terrorists well into the future. Thanks to Heather McCoy for alerting me to this. Yes. The administration is maintaining what it calls a disposition matrix that would help future administrations continue militaristic policies such as the drone warfare and kill lists of President Obama's first term. So even though these lists, you know, we're killing off number ones, Mm -hmm. we just keep replacing them with what might have been number 20. Right. And they're number one now. Right. At what point in time, Mike, 
are they going to start going for us is what I want to know. <laughs> well, it'll be a while, yeah, but nevertheless. While. Yeah. Well, how long does this terrorist terrorist list run and and will they uh, go for people that say we're we're guilty of uh, sedition? Yeah. Inciting, uh, um, you know, insurrection or something. And I don't know. It's depressing. It is. And, you know, this is the sad part of the Obama administration for me is that they have managed to ratchet down all the kind of hysteria from the Bush administration with the coded, colored coded list uh, or, uh, for uh, terrorist attacks and all that nonsense. Yeah. They've been much more sophisticated about the way that they talk about these things. But in essence, it's it's even more egregious, at least yeah. this sort of extrajudicial killing. In the way they've gone about it, and um, then even Bush did, and this is very troubling. It is uh, the, the timeline suggests that the United States has reached only the midpoint of the global war on terrorism, oh. which they don't call the war on terrorism anymore. No, so don't. we're just we got another ten. So years. there is a midpoint. I guess there so. is an end. Is that what you're? I guess hopefully that's what they're, they're This is another thing we've talked about before: the war without end. This is the truly the. The uh, embodiment of that notion. Targeting lists with, that were regarded as finite emergency measures after 9-11 are now fixtures of the national security apparatus. Right. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. What's, what was once something that we were doing as an emergency is now just day to day. It's it's the price of doing business now. And what, what and this is a sort of an, uh, a continuation of this kind of denial and the, and the the way that we're sort of this has been kept in the shadows. Uh the DNC chair, uh, uh, Florida Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz, said in an interview a couple of days ago that she was unaware that such a thing as a kill list exists. Now, this is not possible. Yeah. In an interview, uh, she was asked by a reporter um, uh, if uh, about this kill list, and and she how, and she said, "I have no idea what you're talking about." The reporter said, Obama has a secret kill list, which he's used to assassinate different people all over the world. I'd be happy to answer any serious question that you have. Huh. That Why is that not serious? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. No. Well, a member that's, of that's Congress— That's an odd bit of logic there. If I don't know what you're talking about, it's not serious. Well, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I just find, uh, in addition to the, the, the troubling aspect of the policy in which we have essentially codified extrajudicial— murder around the world at our at our discretion we have a political leadership that refuses to even acknowledge that it exists let's move into domestic news yes would you like to hit politics first depends on how much fun you want to have now or later but go ahead we want to do it now you want to have fun well Well, let's talk about the federal prosecutors in new york who Mm -hmm. have filed a one billion dollar civil suit accusing the i said one billion in case you're well, it's with a B. B. Uh, accusing the financial giant Bank of America of a massive fraud. Mm. Take your money out of the Bank of America. Mm-hmm. And, yes. And uh, just credit put union. it into local credit unions. Credit union. That's the best way to go. They'll Keep let you in. That. Yeah. They'll figure out a way to get in. You'll get in. They are safer They're than safe. these big institutions that play with your money and yeah. uh, cause it. the con- country to crash. They gamble it, your money away, and then you, they make you pay them back by, by taxing you for it. Yeah. For example, 
The Justice Department says Bank of America executed a scheme that would blindly hand out mortgages without proper checks and then turn around and sell the toxic loans to the government-controlled Fannie Mae and Fannie Mac. Yeah. While Bank of America reaped a windfall, Fannie and Freddie were stuck with huge losses and foreclosed properties. Yeah, yeah that's what we're going through right now. And then the Republicans turn around and scream about Fannie and Freddie being, yeah. you know, hopelessly underwater and it's a disaster because they were because, these, these banks were unregulated because they were allowed to get yeah. away with this. And and you can there's no one better to blame than Chris Cox. Who was, who was head. Former congressman yeah. and former head of the Securities and Exchange Same Commission, who yeah. lives right here in the lovely community somewhere of Irvine. Who was Mr. Deregulation. Mr. Deregulation. Who, who served under the Bush administration. Yes. All eight years, I believe. That's, I think you're as right. As a Securities and Exchange Commissioner. Yeah. An me. exchange commissioner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the scheme the, that uh, Bank of America used was known as the Hustle. That yeah. sounds good. That's and originated got... under the firm Countrywide Financial, which Bank of America took over in 2008. This was, of course, post-Bush, but the uh, deregulation was in place during the Bush administration. Well, it wasn't necessarily post-Bush. Yeah. It was 2008. was probably Bush because yeah. Obama didn't come until 2009. But it, yeah, yeah, It was the sixth time in less than 18 months that the U.S. prosecutors in New York have filed suit against a major U.S. financial firm. That's why you should invest in your... Credit unions go to a credit union. Uh, By the way, th- there's a per- this is a U.S. attorney there, Preet Bharara, Barra, uh, that he's the one filing from the New York. New York has uh-huh. been aggressive, as you just said. They've been filing a number of these different uh, lawsuits yeah. against these banks. But let's keep in mind that back way back before everything started to go to hell, yeah. Elliot Spitzer, who was the attorney general from from the state of New York, went was going after these guys. Yeah, and I think and they, what happened to Elliot? Elliot Spitzer somehow, <laughs> some way, information got out that he liked uh, to visit prostitutes. Yeah, huh? And I, his political career was over, and his ability to prosecute the financial institutions that were obviously already in the midst of defrauding the American public went away. No, it's Go not figure. necessarily right. Necessarily right, although it might be a lot of fun to. To speculate. do business oh, with, sorry. with prostitutes. Yeah. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, I'm sure it was hustlers yeah. who who brought this information forward, and I think the country would have done just fine with one more politician involved with prostitutes. In fact, my my way of looking at it is it probably keeps them out of trouble. Yeah, I think that's right. And truly, on a scale of crimes that need to be investigated and people who need to be put in jail, let's say uh, a guy who likes prostitutes, high end, expensive prostitutes. Yeah. Okay. That's good or, for America. Or uh, an industry that is literally sucking about 20% of the gross national product out and just pissing it into the to the netherworld of the financial world somewhere beyond and really depressing the value of America by about 20% of yeah. our nas- gross national product. So let's see. I think I will go with – I'll go with door number one on that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, I know. I won't go. Door number two, wasn't it? I said Elliot first, and then I yeah, said, door number two. You're going. Oh, who is least? I would. Yeah, I would go with least. Who's yeah. culpable? Yeah, least culpable. Uh, yeah, I, I got. Would, you. I, I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah, I, I got confused. And I was that, that was ineloquently, in ineloquently stated. But yes, <sighs> President Obama. Who? Oh, yeah. And Republican challenger Mitt Romney met for their third and final presidential debate. Debate that was a foreign policy debate. In case you were wondering, they talked about all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. They clashed over a few key points: Iran and Libya. 
military spending. In one exchange, Obama chided Romney for seeking to increase military spending by an additional $2 trillion. That was a fun one. That was the best one. Yeah, I, I think say. Governor Romney maybe hasn't spent enough time looking at how the military works because he was talking about we don't have enough ships anymore. He was patting him on the top of the head yeah. at that point, I believe. Where are all? Where have all our ships gone? Where have all we of have, our... we don't? We haven't had ships like <laughs> at this low since since World War One. Yeah. You mentioned the Navy, for example, Obama said, and we have fewer ships than we did in 1916. Well, Governor, we also have fewer horses and bayonets. Boom! Boom. Yeah, that one hurt. Because the nature of our military has changed. Yeah. Uh, yeah them on the head. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I like mitt. it. We have these things called aircraft carriers mitt, mitt, mitt. where planes land. <laughs> I know. And then we have these things called submarines that go under the water. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and well, there is there is that kind of naivete, naivete yeah. about defense spending where they find this obscure statistic which has no connection to anything else in the military that right. we keep increasing, increasing, increasing our military expenditures. Yeah. They act as if we've been they look for any way to make it appear that we've been cutting back on our defense capabilities. Yeah. We're just we've we we have far too much of our of our uh, budget allocated for propping up the yeah. military uh, industrial complex. Period. Fifty percent of the federal budget is dedicated uh, to uh, defense spending or veterans affairs or whatever. The vast, I mean, it's not the vast majority, but it's the most expensive thing in the budget by yeah. far 45 percent of the world's expenditures are done by the united states in terms of military it goes on and on and on we're protected by two oceans and two friendly countries and yet we have the largest military more than the next 10 nations combined yeah so there want to talk about rape uh yeah i think this i got richard into trouble last time i did mordock richard mordock yeah richard mordock. said the contraception by rape is something intended by god well, you know, I, uh, honestly, I well, think I admire him for saying that because it's at least cons- consistent with the way he believes. It's intellectually consistent if you are one if, who buys into this argument. The, the, yeah, that God is in control if, if of everything. If you say that well, life, yeah. the, how it starts, doesn't matter. That's not the fault of the the fetus, how it began, and yeah. you're going to protect it. You are intellectually yeah. consistent. I don't agree with that, but at least it is. However— the Go thing ahead. about rape, he yeah. says, goes on to say that this was a gift from God. Yeah. This rape and this the, the subsequent, you know, uh, pregnancy is a gift from God. I just want to know where God was during the rape. Well, it it is it's still consistent if if you truly believe that that God's in control of everything. I mean, I know, hey, I know, I know, this, I know, this, no, but I mean, I know, but he, but again, where was I, he? I don't know. He was he already set that one in motion. I. I he was looking for the greater good, and yeah. he knew that this rape would See, create yeah. somebody that would would our fates would be forever. This is what better. makes this is truly what makes religion so dangerous, such an awful thing. Yeah. Representative Todd Aiken, this was a little while back, but he uh, yeah. likened his Senate race opponent Claire McCaskill to a dog who goes to Washington to fetch tax burdens. Unfortunate. <laughs> Analogy there. Uh, I'm 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 kind of done with with uh, politics. If you okay, don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's we're, fine. I mean everybody's going on about it. I I'm just rolling into the yeah. Rolling I, into we've the got election. Well, eleven more do? days. Eleven. I can't change your mind. Eleven more 
just insane, crazy, just, just read nonsense. Don't don't listen. Don't watch TV. You want to find out about the candidates? Look at some good policy papers written by the people in charge, not their campaigns, right. but the, a, a Romney policy paper, a, an Obama administration policy paper. Learn about these. Learn actually, and, yeah. yeah. And by the way, just real quick, what was so disheartening? What's so disheartening for me about this? The progression of the campaign of uh, in the last three weeks is that I didn't think that the American people, according to polls, were so quick to embrace someone like Mitt Romney. And it so, sort of indicates to me that they they never do pay attention, apparently, until the first debate. Apparently, that's what happened, part of it. And the second thing is, is I didn't think that they were so quick to abandon Obama. I, I did think that... Well, were... I, what, what, uh, if anything, what amazes me is they were quick to forget exactly where we were four years ago. Yeah. We are better off than we were four years ago. Yeah. We are way better off than right. we were four right. years right. ago. Right. I, I was I was yeah. dumping uh, demand notes that my father had had vested in General Motors for 30 years because General Motors was crashing. The, the, uh, the home value, his home value dropped in half yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. It hasn't com- recovered, but it hasn't gotten any worse. Right. And in general... I am better off than I was four years ago by far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that girls may not be the only ones who are developing early. According to a new research, boys may be entering pu- puberty at a younger age than they were a few decades ago. Actually, two years earlier. Wow. And they're saying that, the, uh, in other words, they're, they're getting larger testicles and, and hair earlier. earlier. Yeah. This might be because they're fatter, they say. Could be. Yeah. Uh, literally, I'm not making this up, uh, include excess weight, that's one of the factors, or endocrine-disrupting chemicals found in the environment, both of which can interact with the body's hormones. In other words, excessive weight and chemicals in the environment. That you just have to be some sort of uh, crazy person to believe that uh, chemicals and all that stuff would have an impact on our development. But go ahead. Here's something for you. Research is in a study co-founded by Clorox. Yeah. Yeah, you figure it's going to be Clorox. (laughs) This is at San Diego State University found that germs can, in fact, attach themselves to food within five seconds. Wait, So the the five-second rule. Yeah. You know, the, the popular belief that it is safe to consume food dropped if it is picked up within five seconds, was invalidated when researchers deposited baby carrots onto various surfaces. Germs were able to affix themselves onto the carrot within five seconds of contact. They were. No word so far on whether uh, we have a four-second rule. Yeah, see, that's right. Don't don't give up all hope. Uh, And here's something else just to tag into that whole uh, line of... News. If a medical study seems too good to be true, it probably is, according to a new analysis. In a statistical analysis of nearly 230 trials compiled from a variety of disciplines, study results that claim a very large effect rarely held up when other research teams tried to replicate them. So, you know, anything that says uh, Mm -hmm. coffee is good for you, chances are that next time around it's not going to hold up. Positive things uh, that say it's uh, things have greatly changed in favor mm-hmm. of of, uh, of, the, of anything in research usually turn out to be an aberration. No. 
<sighs> yeah, you know Tony Scott, the director of Top Gun. Yes, the he man jumped who off that bridge off and the killed Saint, himself. The Vincent, Vincent Thomas Bridge Vincent in San Thomas Pedro. Yeah. Apparently, he uh, was on uh, had multiple prescription drugs in his system, including and uh, uh, sleeping aids and antidepressants. He Lunestra and the antidepressant uh, mirtazapine. Okay. Uh-huh. Don't know how to pronounce that one because okay. I had never uh. had it. But nevertheless, um, I would say stay away from Lunestra. I have friends who had uh, felt like jumping off a bridge, literally, after they had that drug. Really? Yeah. And there have been uh, attempted lawsuits against the uh, God. manufacturer. A Seattle man was arrested uh, for the 1976 murder of an elderly woman after an undercover policeman obtained DNA from him by pretending to conduct a chewing gum survey. I like that one. Yeah. That makes me feel good about humans. Yeah, that yeah, they're, willing, they're that gullible. And, yeah, 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 yeah. A Florida man was arrested for smuggling a Tyrannosaurus batar skeleton out of Mongolia. According to the indictment, between 2010 and 2012, the defendant acquired dinosaur fossils from foreign countries and unlawfully transported them to the United States. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Mother kind of likes the idea of dragging bones around, but I don't know. <laughs> They misrepresented, of course, the contents. Uh Many of the fossils in the arrested man's possession were indigenous to Mongolia. Mm -hmm. Remember I said we'd be talking about Mongolia later on. Yeah, you did. Yeah, they could only be found in that country. Among the fossils, prosecutors allege, were a uh, Sorolophus. Sorolophus? Okay. Sorolophus. Sorolophus. That was sold to a California gallery. Okay. I thought that is that somebody who takes care of your feet? Yeah. Yeah. A Gallimimus. Okay. And Oviraptor mongoliensis. Yeah. That's somebody who takes from care of- From Mongolia. That takes care of your elbow. Yeah. And the, ra- and the remains of a Microraptor, mm-hmm. a small flying dinosaur. They, these all got in fine, but apparently it was a Tyrannosaurus batar, the uh, smaller relative of the T-Rex, mm-hmm. which led authorities to the perpetrator of the crime. The nearly complete skeleton nicknamed Lenny. I love Lenny. By investigators later sold to an unnamed buyer at a New York auction for more than $1 million. So we have a different kind of smuggling going on. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to alert you if you see any uh, bones pop out of suitcases. I'm scared. Hold me. Are, are you, and finally? Yes, I've got to a do A former it. McDonald's proprietor from North Dakota sold a 20-year-old jug of McJordan barbecue sauce. What? Perhaps you remember McJordan bar- barbecue I sauce. I do not, thankfully, remember that. Well, it was during uh, Michael Jordan's uh, reign. And how, a, how long ago? I'm done? sure David Stein, who is uh, stepping down as NBA commissioner, yeah. had something to do with this. Wait, wait how, how long ago was this stuff in? It, well, this is a 20-year-old jug of McJordan barbecue <clears throat> sauce. Jug. Yeah. <laughs> I already like the sound of it. This is going to be good. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh, developed for the limited production McJordan hamburger oh. in the early 1990s. It was it sold for nearly $10,000. McJordan. Yeah. Well, it would have been even better if they could have sold a, a McJordan burger along with it. That would have been fun. You know, like yeah. A, yeah, I see. That would have been the, you know, right there. I had this barbecue sauce on the shelf for 20 years, uh. said seller Mort Bank. It's probably edible. 